nothing's off limits you could have been anywhere in the world but you are here with me and i appreciate that i am your host ray john lewis now here on real talk with john anything's debatable so on any given week we can be discussing sports music politics you name it we'll discuss it now another goal of real talk with john is to shine a light on the great things that are happening right here in the low country i know we talk about the great people in new york that are doing great things we love beyonce and jay-z i know in la lebron got a big game tonight they're playing against the clippers i know i know i know i know that in Florida, you know, Uncle Luke gets all the parties going. But I'm telling you right here in the low country, we have people doing amazing work, changing the world one day at a time. And tonight we have a very special guest, a man that I've known since high school, North Charleston High School, way back in the G. All right, Mr. Michael Brown, thank you so my much. Brother, my brother, good to be here, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So for those who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself to the audience. I am Mike Brown, born and raised in Chucktown. Chucktown? Charleston, South Carolina County Hospital. Was brought from County Hospital to Ben Tillman Projects. Those of you who are from Charleston, you remember Ben Tillman and George Legree, uh, which is now, I believe, St. Charles Place. Mm -hmm. St. Charles Place. Yeah. So I've been born here, um, raised here, went to school here, educated here, went to church here, um, learned everything I know. I'm here in North Charleston, so it's primarily my backyard. So I'm definitely not a stranger to any of the issues um, that affect us or pros and cons of living in this city. So I'm just glad to be here talking with my brother and sharing some of the things that we are actually uh, trying to do um, to impact our city in a positive way. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, most people who know you, you know, before the business stuff, they knew you from the music. So, so give them a little background on your music as well. Man, music was something I knew I loved before I knew myself. I was raised in a family of musicians. My mother um, is a musician. She's a singer and a musician. And my father was, of course, um, a quartet singer. Um, and some of my uncles and aunts all played instruments. My cousins and I, that's what we did for recreation. If it wasn't sports, uh, we were in our garage uh, banging on pots and pans, um, making music. You know, mm -hmm. uh, So mm -hmm. music was definitely a part of it's a part of my imprint and a part of my makeup. So I've always um, been in love with music and uh, I kind of perfected my craft and God has blessed me enough to allow that to be a, a way to sustain myself for many, many years. Mm. Um, I've been able to travel professionally, um, tour the world. My first passport wasn't really bought for vacation, but it was bought for work wow. on a music tour. Wow. You know, so that was a, a real beautiful thing. So um, music is going to always be a part of my life. Wow. And... Uh, just, just you know, I want to talk about the music a little bit because I can't do an interview with you and not talk about music. Absolutely. Um, focus. Like, everybody <clears throat> from here, I mean, everybody in Charleston, definitely, but throughout the state, throughout the nation, and, you know, we're now internationally, yeah. know your group, um, Focus, Mike Brown and Focus. Um, t give us a background on how that group got So, started. Focus, back when, when you and I were at North Charleston High School, uh, Darrell Ravenel wanted to create an aggregation of singers that were colorful. And at that time, Kirk Franklin had just hit the scene. Mm -hmm. So music was um, progressing and it, musicians were becoming a lot more innovative. So he had this idea of creating this vibrant group of individuals from around the city that weren't afraid 
to test the waters, mm. for lack of a better word, yeah. um, and kind of change the culture of music here in uh, Charleston. Of course, we're a very traditional city, so everybody had a choir, but nobody really had a group. Right. You know, of young singers that was dancing and moving and right. singing and touching, right. you know, the younger folks. So we created that aggregation of singers, musicians as well. We had a lot of musicians that wanted to be creative in their craft and not just playing the basic, you know, regular hymns, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we put a band together of, of some musicians that yeah. were willing to practice for hours in the garage, singers that were willing to rehearse. Literally, this is God's honest truth, we rehearsed some nights, one, two o'clock in the morning. Wow. We, we'd be in five and six hour rehearsals, two and three nights a week, mm. you know, mm. trying to perfect the sound um, that, that we had. So Darrell um, eventually got called to the ministry and it was something that he no longer had the time to do. So he asked me, I was his uh, music director at mm -hmm. the time, to kind of take the group to another level. So that's when we started, uh, we released our first recording yeah. and started you know, traveling, um, doing a lot more things um, that we had in our heart to do. So focus is definitely a part of who I am as well. Awesome, so Heart of a Worshipper, was that the first album? Or? The Heart of a Worshipper was technically the second album. Mm -hmm. The first album we did, we recorded um, and we called the studio um, Mount Holly Studios, I believe it was, on Calhoun Street, downtown Charleston. And this had to have been back in 1999. Okay. Um, and we actually uh, released that record, but I don't think we kind of sold it. We kind of released it, kind of gave it away to a whole lot of people. Um, but our first professional recording was The Heart of a Worshipper, which was recorded in 2005. Yes, amazing. Yeah. Like, amazing. Like, I still listen to that album. Me too. Like, <laughs> I still listen to it. It's, like, it's timeless, and I'm not saying it because I wrote it. It was it was really birthed during that transition in my life where I was trying to find out what I was going to do with my life. And yeah. I always tell people, if you don't mind me sharing this, we talk about mm -hmm. music. Um, people always ask me, where did Mike London come from? Where did the name people ask me that? People that grew up with me was like, your name is Mike Brown. Where does Mike London come from? Mm -hmm. And I always tell them about his story. It's like those of you who are familiar with our um, Bible stories is a story about um, Saul, who, who was the persecutor of Christians at one point in time, mm -hmm. um, and he had what we call the Damascus experience, where he was on the road to Damascus, and he almost, it's literally for lack of a better word, he found God on that road. Yeah. So for me, London was the place of rebirthing for me. I was on a tour with the College of Charleston Choir, and I got sick for about two or three days, and during that time of sickness, God began to just speak to me like I had never heard the audible voice of God before. Wow. And I began to write down the things that he told me I was going to do, from writing songs to the ministry to the community work to the production company to everything. I began to write my vision in London while I was sick on a bed in London, England. Wow. Um, imagine that, right? So when I got back from London, God's on the truth. Seven days later, I proposed to my then-girlfriend, wife. Wow. Because my life had hit a different track. And I know people don't really believe it, but it's the God's on the truth. So London, for me, represented uh, rebirthing. And literally, maybe the same night I, I, I proposed to my wife, Focus recorded the heart of a worshiper. Wow. That same night, and this was literally six to seven days from the time I'd gotten back from London, England. So when I came back, I came back with a fire and a vengeance on reclaiming my life, yes. um, trying to work to my fullest potential, um, and just being the better, the best me that I could be. So London always represented a rebirth for me. So I named my music production company Mike London Music. Uh -huh. So when social media came out, you know, we've had Facebook. You couldn't put, put so many characters right, on it. Right. So it was Mike London, and then some of, some of my pages were Mike London Music. So people just started calling me Mike London, but mm -hmm. it was never meant for them to call me Mike right. London. It was Mike London Music. So that's just a little quick story for those that don't know. Um, but yeah, man, music. Wow, wow, wow. I got to have one more album. Good time. Good time. So, so what was the mindset? And for those who don't, so I, I want to make sure I do this because this is important. Like, they're not paying me to do this. If you haven't heard these albums, you need to go to iTunes, find Heart of a Worshipper. Sound of Victory. Sound of Victory. Good time. And find Good Time. Yes. 
I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong on those three gospel albums. Like you just cannot. Like you just cannot. And it's it's on par or better than a lot of industry stuff. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, somebody who loves music, um, somebody who's followed the careers of these people, who've known so many people in the group, but not just that. If I didn't know them, I would still be saying the same thing. They're just dope, man. They've been dope, been dope, been dope. The writing is great, the music is great. But sorry, Good Time. No. What was the mindset behind that? Good album? Time record, okay, so we had already done Heart of a Worshipper. We'd already done Sound of Victory, which both Sound of Victory was like so unorthodox mm-hmm. for gospel music at that time because we got like turntables. We got we took it back to the '80s. A lot of the music sounds like the '80s mm-hmm. imprint, you know. With the I mean, I mean, it's just it, we never really tried to tailor our music to the industry sound, but we wanted to be honest in a sense where where everything I wrote, I didn't want to write because I was trying to mimic or emulate right, somebody right. else's sound. Right. I wanted to stay true. Um, and authentic to what God had actually gave me because that's being somebody else you could only be number two but uh-huh. being yourself you'd be number one so I was trying to be the best me I could be that's so good. good time was just a record we wanted to put out uh, the music lyrical content we wanted to give you an idea of what a church service is like so the title of the record was good time on church street and and that was also during a time where a lot of people was doing like a lot of ccm tracks you know uh-huh. and people were saying man we're kind of getting away from the traditional gospel music so you know the song good time on that record is like a doom, doom, doom. Yeah. and it's like a it's a remake of an old standard i don't know what you come to do right i come to cut my hand that's the good yeah, time right. so we wanted to make it more engaging because back in the earlier days, in the early 1900s and whatnot, gospel music was more call and response than it was anything else. Correct. We had a lot of people who could not read, so they didn't learn songs. We didn't have projection screens. Mm-hmm. People didn't have hymnals to read from. Right. So the only way they could learn songs was call and response. Mm-hmm. If I say, I'm a soldier, you say, in the, in the army, army of the Lord. Lord. You yeah, understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I die, let me die. In the army of the Lord. So uh, it was call and response. So Good Time was more like a call and response kind of song. So we wanted to kind of pull the people in, you know, bring, bring kind of bring it back a little uh-huh. old, a little new. So that's that's pretty much what the concept of Good Time was. All right, one more song. Okay. Wait. Okay. Like, I wrote that song. <laughs> that song's insane. Coming off I-26. I'm telling you, this, this is a true story. I was coming off of I-26. Um, and I was turning on to Meeting Street near Church's Chicken. Renee was driving the truck, and we had a couple other focus members in the car. I was in the back seat. So I would, I read, read, you know, I read a lot of scriptures. So most times when you read the word, that's the first thing that comes out of you. So I love music, and I read the word. So I can write a song about anything that mm-hmm. I read. Yeah. I mean, literally, I can write a song about anything I read. So I'm just, I just started clapping in the back seat. They weren't really paying me much attention. I was sitting by the back seat by the window, and I just started singing, they ain't that way. Like the whole, the whole first phrase yeah. came to me. Uh-huh. Shall I? I did not have to. Wow. I wasn't sitting down, That's and crazy. I heard it, and they were like, yeah, we like that. So, you know, they churchy. Uh-huh. We, we in the car, you know, everybody's yeah. like clapping. So then I taught the song to the group, man, and like, it was, yeah. It's, it's just it like that, I like, yeah. I, I had to nerd out right there on the music real quick. Yeah. Like I said, if you've heard it, you know what I'm feeling. You know the vibe. And I've never actually had to have this, got, been able to yeah, have this man. conversation Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. But I've just been such a fan of all you guys' music, man. I love I love following the progression of the group, you know, going from, and the, the crazy thing about the group, and it really transitions to our next, our next topic is, that group really has become like a, a core of family for you. Exactly. Um, can, can you talk about how they've helped you, you know, in your life? They are a core group of people. We, we, have, we have a group of people that, it's not, we always tell people, it's not about the music. Some people that sing with my group focus, I'd never heard even sing before. Mm. Um, Kimmy L. Smalls is a prime example. 
I, Kimio would just would just come to the rehearsals. She had a good spirit. She was sitting in the audience, and I called her up one night. I was like, I want you to join a group. Never heard her sing before. Wow. You know, and we we've got many stories like that because we always knew it was bigger than a song. God used the song to bring us together to to kind of do life together, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because now we've got. That, that young group of people that were in high school at the time. My right. wife was young, you know, my wife's sister. She was 15 years old when she mm. joined Focus, and now she just graduated from Howard University wow. with a doc doctor degree. Praise you know, God. She, yeah, doctor, you know, so we have done life together, and, you know, so many things have happened. We've had people in our inner circle die, like Addie died of cancer, mm, yeah. you know, went to North Charleston with us, right. you know. So, so much has happened to kind of, bond us together. And I, I'm t I always tell people, trouble has a way of bringing you closer and bringing you together, like socializing and jokes who never will. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So we've been through a lot of things together, loss, family, betrayal, you know, literally um, almost getting into fights, mm -hmm. arguing. Of course. You know, that, it's like any family. Yeah, yeah. But what we understand is it doesn't matter how tough things get, we know that our lives have a greater purpose than just going bowling. Are going right. to the movies, right. Like. so right. we right. we keep that in our minds because mm -hmm. you you know you got people that have been friends growing up and they kind of outgrow each other, right. and they only outgrow each other because their lives are not really moving in the same kind of Correct. direction, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know. But when you're being productive and you have a group of positive people that keep you accountable, mm -hmm. you know that's that's just a beautiful thing. So focus has become you know they've become a part of my family. Praise God. Yeah, so man. so I believe what it was 2016 was it 2016 you ran for office the first 15. time? 2015 you ran mm -hmm. for office. Mm -hmm. So. How do you go from, how does one go from being a musician, you know, someone who works primarily in the church, yeah. um, to becoming an elected official? So here's the thing. For me, public service was something I've always been a part of and I was trained to do. My grandfather in the 1960s was a pastor of uh, four churches. Before pastors had airplanes and, and automobiles and uh -huh. adjutants, uh -huh. he had four churches around the state of South Carolina. He would go to, I believe it was, uh, Yamasee, South Carolina. He would go down 95, down 17, close to 95. He had a church right there near Meeting Street Road by Ackerbee. And then he had another church, I think, um, in an area called Givan, South Carolina. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, so he had four churches. He was responsible for, even on Union Heights, um, and I'll, I'll give you a little backstory on that. My grandfather moved out of our family from Cherokee Plantation mm -hmm. back in the 1930s straight to, to Howard Heights. Okay. He bought that property. So that property is still in my family um, till this day. Um, but that area was just kind of desolate, wasn't really many houses. So, And those that did have houses, some of them didn't have running water. Mm -hmm. It was like a whole lot that needed to happen in that area. So he kind of helped uh, the people in that area. They got the roads paved, street lights, a lot of things we take for granted. Right, so right. that whole public service, people would literally lock on, knock on my grandfather's door because it was at, in the hub of prostitution, mm -hmm. Sproul <laughs> Avenue, right. in the Heights, right there. Right. People would knock on the door in the middle of the night, Reverend Brown, I need something to eat. I need a sandwich. I need a ride here. I need this. And, you know, watching him and then watching my father the same exact way. My dad is a pastor that would still cut his members' grass. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So service is something that has always been placed inside of me. So I've always served people in different capacities. I've done Stop the Violence rallies. I've done mentoring programs. I've, I've done so many different things. So. I wanted to get involved on a policy level mm -hmm. um, because I had watched how things had happened. And remember 2015, that was the year we had Emmanuel 9. Right. You know, yeah. that, that was a horrible, horrible year for us. Yeah. Right before that, we had Walter Scott shooting. Correct. Correct. And I watched how 
the city handled um, that situation before the video came out. Mm. You know, and then I watched I watched how you know the world responded to this whole Emmanuel Nine situation and how they dealt with Dylan Roof because we know if that was a black man hey, that had just murdered some you folks, already know he wouldn't have gotten no Burger King. You understand yeah, exactly, what I'm saying? I know exactly. people have different arguments, exactly. about no, that, but right. that's my opinion of it. So I decided that yeah, listen, I'm not gonna sit on the sidelines. I'm gonna get in the game. So I decided. What do I have to lose? So I decided to get involved on a policy level, and um, by the grace of God, the people gave me a shot. Uh, and you won. I mean, how, how close was it? It was not. I think I beat them like three to one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I beat them so, three to one. So here we are, 2019, mm -hmm. and you're back up. You're up, up for re-election. I'm up for re-election. Um, what are the things that you've done during your, um, during your, your tenure okay, so, so far that, that so, you're most proud of? So four years is not as long as it seems. Uh -huh. um, it takes so long. And those that understand local government, you're dealing with budgets. Yes. It takes almost a year to get anything done right, because right. you got to get finances approved. But I've been fighting and beating the pavement. One of the, the number one things that uh, I'm, mo I'm really proud of is I was able to build a park after a man that's been uh, 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 he's been such a staple oh, in the yes. community. He was my middle school principal mm -hmm. um, and a mentor to us all, Reverend Ed McLean. Yes. Um, I, I have been a part of the Collins Park community since about 2000, and the kids there never, ever had a playground or a park mm -hmm. to play on that was close, close right. proximity right. Um, to their houses. They would put low rims at the, at the end of their, their, their driveways, mm -hmm. et cetera, but it was always dangerous because cars would ride by and run the kids out of the street. Right. So I was able to um, get funding. We bought that green space. We built that park. Um, even in our neighborhood, I was able to help them um, put together. A lot of the kids were creative. African dance company. Mm -hmm. So we have this lady that lives in the neighborhood, Miss Muhammad. Uh -huh. She created this, uh, you know, this, this dance company that kept the kids active because my thing is, you know, uh, I don't mind is the devil's workshop. So if we can get more programs to get the kids involved and keep them occupied, they're less apt to get themselves into the crazy things that we all know um, they can be exposed to. Absolutely. Um, outside of that, I believe that the mother of crime is poverty. Uh -huh. I feel like minorities have not had the same benefit that a whole lot of other people have had. Uh -huh. So the county had one, um, the city of Charleston had one, but North Charleston did not have one, which is what we call the Small Business um, Disadvantaged Minority Program. Uh -huh. So what that does is it allows a small business owner that may not have the insurance or bonding necessary to get a $20 million contract, but it does not mean that he's not able to get any work from the city. Correct. Because we got a lot of different things that we contract out uh -huh. that people need access to. Uh -huh. um, if you have a landscaping company, we need somebody to cut grass. You don't need a $50 million insurance company right. problem, you know, policy to right. do something like that. You could bid on that project and what was happening is a lot of the big companies were getting all the work and the small companies weren't getting any work because all of us know a painter from the hood yeah. that, that's got a small business. Uh -huh. You know, I believe the small working businesses are what actually keeps the economy of America moving. Yeah. So if we could feed that economy and Mr. Darrell, we use Mr. We say Mr. Darrell. Uh -huh. Mr. Darrell lives in the neighborhood and he's got a painting company and he's got a landscaping company and he's got a lot of young boys that live around him that's looking for jobs. And Mr. Darrell looks up and he gets a $5 million contract from the city of North Charleston to cut grass up and down I-26 mm -hmm. and all the parks and the playgrounds. So now Mr. Darrell is hiring some of the boys who have the potential to be on the street. Yeah. And then he got other boys that want to learn how to paint. Right. So now he's hiring a guy that just, an ex-felon that just yep. got out of prison. Yep. He's looking for a job because yep. we know he's going to check the box anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But he can go to Darrell because Darrell now. So that small minority business program to me is something that most um, any local municipality needs to push and support because it definitely can help the underserved in those areas 
uh, where people cannot afford to, like I said, have these huge companies. Every company starts from someplace. So the small minority business program um, is something I'm really, really proud of. Um, we've been able to fight and advocate crime. The day-to-day -day things, mm -hmm. speed bumps, security cameras in high um, mm -hmm. in areas with higher crime. I mean, you name it, I've been able to do help people move out of their houses that have had flooding issues, mm -hmm. um, ceilings repaired, um, older folks that hadn't had resources to get trees cut down in their yards. Mm -hmm. The simple day-to-day -day yeah, things yeah. that you wouldn't think people need and they, they won't have access to, mm -hmm. we were able to help them with. So I'm really, really proud to, to answer all of the calls of my constituents. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah. love, I love the energy with which you talk about the people that you serve. Because so often, it's all about perception. That's right. Uh, especially in politics. Um, it's about, you know, how do people see me? You know, you're actually boots on the ground. We've seen you out at the rallies. We've seen you, you know, doing the work. So I, I want to applaud you, not as somebody who's, who's respected you pretty much as long as I've known you, yeah. um, but just as somebody who watches from the town of Somerville. You know, I live in Somerville. If I lived in North Charleston, trust me, it wouldn't be, it would not be a question. But um, I just respect so much what you do and what you've done for the community. Um, I want you to make the case to, to the people of North Charleston. I mean, why should they reelect you? They need to reelect me because, first of all, not only am I born and raised here, um, the incumbent that I beat, he uh, decided that he was going to run as a writing candidate. And it's no, it's no problem at all because the seat belongs to the people. But mm -hmm. you have to ask yourself, what has he done prior to? You probably don't even know his name, so I won't even call <laughs> his name. But the powers that be, they, are, they fear change. And any time there's a change in the guards, Whenever there's going to be a change of power, you will always see them doing anything in their power to, 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 to keep us from getting, because they know once we get our hands on the resources, we have our hands on the budget, we're going to definitely help change our community. Absolutely. You know? So one of the things that with the incumbent, I missed um, a debate they had last night, he said, we need a responsive council member. I've been extremely responsive. Yes. Every email, mm -hmm. every text message, I'm a man of my word. I'm not running from you. If you don't know who I am, you always can find me at the Blue Note Bistro. If you need to find me on Sundays, you can come by Royal Baptist Church or the Life Center Cathedral. Uh -huh. I'm in Walmart with you. I'm in Tanga Outlet. Wherever you at, mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not a hiding politician. I, you will see me everywhere. I'm not just accessible. I'm available. I'm proactive. You know, and I'm not just working for my constituents in my district, but holistically, like that small minor minority business program, that does not just affect the constituents in District 1, but it's a citywide initiative. Yeah. You know, so I've been able to advocate on the south end of the city, mm -hmm. District 10, where my parents live. Um, grocery stores, we still don't have one. It's a food desert. Wow. You know, gentrification, mm -hmm. we're trying to stop stop that whole process from happening to us like it did the city of Charleston. Yeah, yeah. We gotta protect our neighborhoods. Yes. And I will tell you one thing, any politician that is not independent does not have a real voice. Mm. And this is what I mean by that. When you have to answer to someone else, sometimes you can be manipulated yes. by them. Yes. You can't have your own voice and pull it from the low hanging fruit at the mm -hmm. same time. Right, right. But when you can walk in and the powers that be cannot get you fired, mm -hmm. cannot get you demoted, yeah. and you, you can go in and be a man. You can yeah. go in with your own voice and represent the community like you promised to because you stand on your own. Yes. When a person is independent, and that's why I always preach, and I know you didn't ask me about this, but education, education is so powerful, but at the same time, the American dream that has been sold to a lot of us, it works for everybody except for us. Yes. Uh -huh. They tell us to go to college, get educated, Come back home. We got a job for you. Lies. Mm -hmm. Keep your nose clean. You get promoted. Lies. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, do X, Y, do everything the right way. Don't get locked up. You, 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 you succeed at life. Lies, mm -hmm. because you have people that have done way worse than we've done, less education, mm -hmm. and it seems like they matriculate and climb the ladder of success five times faster Cannot than we do. You. Cannot disagree five with you. Five times faster uh -huh. than we do. Uh -huh. They have taught us everything except for independence. Wow. They teach us how to get jobs, but they don't teach us how to be self-sustained. Mm. They teach us how to be a good worker, but they don't teach us how to become entrepreneurs. Yes. Entrepreneurship is independence. Mm -hmm. It's independence. I would rather be here barely making it and barely being able to pay my bills and not having the answer to the powers that be than to work in a Fortune 500 company somewhere making how, much, how many other dollars they're trying to pay and me not even be able to use my voice. Wow. Some yes. people can't even put certain things on social media yep. because they got it. <laughs> They're yeah. afraid. They're, they're afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, I'm not afraid of anything because I represent me and the people that have elected me. Um, so I know you didn't ask me all that. No, that's yeah, great. I, no, yeah, that's that's absolutely it. it. So, City of North Charleston, District 1, Mike Brown. I'm your guy. And I need you to tell everybody you know if they live in Forest Hills 1, Forest Hills 2, Park Place, Summerfield, Fire Lakes, Collins Park, Amberwood. Anything up and down Dorchester Road between Goodwin Elementary School and Ashley Phosphate Road, if they live in that area, tell them Mike Brown is going to be the only name on the ballot because I'm the only I'm the only candidate they need to vote for. Absolutely. All right. All That's right. it. Just I'm confident point. in that. So let's let's transition from the politics. I'm going to let you. I want you to get get back there because I want to make sure we reemphasize the, okay. the voting piece. Let's talk about the Blue Note, man. So we got we to gotta talk about the Blue Note. Where, where did this come from? This came out of nowhere, brother. So I'll tell you this. Uh, Henry and I, we wanted to do a customer appreciation Christmas party. Of course, he's a cosmetologist, um, so he has like a lot of uh, clients that he does a whole lot of things for. Uh -huh. And I had a lot of people I was doing a lot of work for, you know, some of my constituents, a lot of people I've done business with, So we and, uh, and Jacob Taylor. Uh -huh. So we decided, let's put together this Christmas party, Mike. And when we put it together, you be the entertainment. I was like, all right, cool. So we did it in this place right here. Mm -hmm. I leave to go to Europe. I get a call three weeks later. Mike, uh, the building is available. Mm. I said, hold up, the building is available? Yeah, what do you think about trying to get it? I said, well, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Let me make some phone calls. Mm -hmm. I made some phone calls, and it was almost like it was God, man, because wow. there was no opposition. Mm -hmm. The guy was like, sure, Councilman Brown. We'd be glad to give you, you know, give you this building. Mm -hmm. This is what we're asking for, X, Y, and Z. I had never been in this type of business before. Uh -huh. I understand music. I understand entertainment. I do like um, good food. Uh -huh. So I, I knew some good cooks, some good chefs. I know how things should be. And, you know, when you have been, you know, we may have never been a server before mm -hmm. or a bartender, but we kind of know what service should be like. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we could teach people Absolutely. what we like. So that's pretty much what we did. You know, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a novice and I've had a whole lot of mentors and people. I'm like Carlos Brown, who is a master chef mm -hmm. um, who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, but he's a, 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 lo a local legend as well. Wow. Um, and he was a choir director musician mm -hmm. as well. So he and I had built a relationship. He kind of coached me through a whole lot of things. Javon Buckner, of course, had worked in the culinary um, industry for years. So they kind of tweaked this on it. Henry had already worked mm -hmm. in this type of business because he's worked um, with Vegas and a whole lot of So he kind of understood how it should run as a business. So we decided, listen, let's write our vision. We wrote it. And this is what it is. Blue Note Cap. Blue Note Bistro. Blue Note Bistro, man. Yeah, like, man. like, so the crab, the crab, crab balls. The crab balls. <laughs> Yo, 
Yo, we came, I think we came, not the opening night, we came like the opening week. Yeah. And like we sat at the bar and my, me and my wife were like, yo, we, we had, I think we had just ate. And yeah. I was like, we gonna go check it out. Yeah. Man, those crab cakes, yo. They were good. So good, That's man. That's good. That's good. I'm, bruh, That's good. I'm saying. And every time I come here, it's a very nice, if you haven't been here before, it's a very nice adult atmosphere. Absolutely. It's not, you know, no craziness. I've never seen any nonsense going on here. No. It's, it's, it's an awesome, awesome Because place. we are branding ourselves as a restaurant. I don't care what you hear. Some people say, oh, it might be a club. It might. No. We're branding ourselves as a restaurant. Uh -huh. Food is the focus. Mm -hmm. But people love music. Yeah. People love music. And people, our culture, we love music and we love food together. Uh -huh. We do it at wedding receptions. Yep. We do it after church, church service. Yep. Yep. We do. So food yep. and fellowship yep. and music just works together yep. for us. So that's the element, you know, we've been trying to create. Um, in this whole environment, family friend friendly is not some place you don't feel like you can bring your kids. Right, absolutely. You know, you you don't have to get pat down. You don't have to get worn down. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we want to attract um, young professionals, older professionals, people that just want to have a good time, mm -hmm. get some food, and enjoy the company. You got family in town? Come here to the Blue Note Bistro. It's some good music. We all love good singing. Absolutely. You know, you know. So we like a little two step every once in a while. <laughs> You know, so uh, that's that's what the blue note is about. Yeah, man. I mean, music. Y'all have y'all have like artists performing like almost every night. Almost we do. It feels like like do y'all have a specific theme that that goes around that? Well, kind of, sorta. I kind of reach out to a lot of because I've met so many people working in music so many years. So we've had gospel people here. Uh -huh. Like first Sunday uh, in November, we're gonna have Crystal Brown Hayward. Oh wow! Performing okay. here for right. gospel brunch. Yes. You know, so we're not just limited to limited to uh, funk or soul or whatever. We we want everything. Yeah, because y'all had uh, Benny Starr. Do Benny Starr did yeah. something here. Uh -huh. This Friday, we've got our Mystic Vibrations yep. reggae band. Yep, yep. You know. Yeah, karaoke night on Wednesday. Karaoke on Wednesday Yo, with a so $100 prize. I've been looking for karaoke. <laughs> I've been looking for a good spot for karaoke for a while. I went to this place. I'm not going to say their place's name, but it was not the atmosphere that I was hoping for. For karaoke. So I was like, I'm probably not going to go back well, here. Well, this is a music <laughs> venue. Yeah. So you're going to feel like you're singing in some place musical when you come here. We got awesome. the lights for you, we got the stage for you, we got the sound, we got the mics, whatever you need, we're gonna have we'll have you situated. So. All right, cool. I'm gonna broadcast and let y'all know when they're coming out here to do karaoke. Let them know. Man. I got the show tomorrow night, but I'm gonna try to come when I get out because um Nathan Levine tomorrow night, we'll talk about that at the end. Okay. But um but yeah, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited for what's going on with you, man. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm happy for what God is doing in your life. Bless me. Um you know I, I don't know the entire journey, but I've I've had a bird's eye view, you know, to, to see the the path. And, you know, really, for a lot of people that come from where we're from, you know, it's the blueprint. You know, it's the blueprint. It's, it, what, what, what for you is the guiding principle for you when, you, when you're, when you're without everything that you're doing and all the different sectors that you're working in, what is the one thing that keeps you centered? The thing that keeps me centered, man, is where I've come from and my faith in God. Mm. You know, as you know, I was drafted when we were at North Charleston High School. I was in 12th grade, North Charleston High School. I only needed two credits for graduation, so I had an English class, I think, and a math class or something like that. So they wanted me to be the music teacher at North Charleston uh -huh. because they yeah. didn't have one. Right. So they needed somebody to teach the part. So Palmer, of course, you know, they drafted me. Uh -huh. All of us, yeah. me, you, yeah. Nikki. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Javon, Javon. What's the old girl <laughs> name from, um, from, oh, Lord, uh, uh, Rosemount? These were my people. We built such great relationships. And I, it was, it was, I, I, I was only there for maybe six or seven months, mm -hmm. but it was beautiful. But I had to walk away from high school uh, two months before graduation, only needing two credits. And I was doing well. It was time to graduate. But at that time, my now wife 
was pregnant with my third child. Wow. And I could never, I, I, I'll never forget it. She was asking, she's like, Mike, you know, we need car seats, we need this, we need that. And at the time, I was not prepared. So it's about April, my baby is due in June. I don't have no car seats, I don't have, she's living with her parents. I'm trying to figure out, man, listen, ain't that much weed you can sell. My dad ain't playing with selling right, dope. Right. So you gotta do what you gotta do. I had to get a job and my cousin Leroy Harper called me and he said, Mike, I got a job for you. If, if you come and work, I'll get you a job. So I went to my dad and said, Dad, I know y'all don't want to hear me quitting school right now because mm -hmm. I'm so close to finishing. Mm -hmm. But Shamir is due in two months and I, I got to I gotta get this yeah, job. Yeah. So I got the job, started working there, man. At graduation day, when everybody's graduating, I drove my little pickup truck down by the Coliseum and I could see everybody celebrating, man. I had tears in my eyes yeah. and I'm like, man, I didn't give up my whole life yeah. because of mistakes that I've made. So I'm telling you, that moment in that truck was a very defining moment mm -hmm. in my life. Remembering when you're that low, it keeps you humble, mm. it keeps you grounded, and, 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 it, and it keeps you optimistic. Absolutely. Because I would have never thought that my life could turn the way it did. It's only by the grace of God, man. I never gave up, but it's only by the grace of God. Some people go through a lot less, and, and they throw in Just the towel, man. Yeah, yeah. If people could get anything out of this message, Keep that hope, man. Keep that faith, man. And, and believing in your in, in yourself, man. I'm telling you, because you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. And even if you're not a believer, you gotta believe in something. Gotta believe, believe in, in you. something. Absolutely. Believe in Absolutely. you. You know, so I, I I mean that 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 moment just keeps me grounded, man. That's why you're gonna always see me among the people. I don't yeah. care what's going on in my life, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. That was Absolutely. a very personal story. This this man is this who is who he is. Right. I've I've known him what this is 2019, so I've known you since what, 99? You did. So 20 years, man, like yeah, that's man. a long time. And he's been consistent across the board. He's about his business. He's he's a, a good guy. Um, like I said, if I lived in the city of North Charleston, District 1, yep. he'd have my vote I easy. appreciate it, man. It would not even be a question. So please do not, don't even worry about finding out who else is running. I'm just telling you. And I, I like to be objective. In this case, I'm sorry, I cannot be. Right. I just cannot be, even though I want to be as a journalist. I'm not a journalist. I'm a dude with a camera. That's right. I, I tell you that all the time. I'm just a guy with a camera. But I, I try to be objective when it comes to this political stuff. That's right. But I believe in you. I believe in the vision. Appreciate and I'm that. excited about seeing where the future takes you. Because knowing where we're from to where you're at, it's only sky's limit to where you're going. Exactly. When we have to have a vision for our, 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 our kids and yeah. those that are behind us. Yeah. And that's why we need politicians and people that are in office that understand what's happening in the future. Not people who are still stuck. In, in the Navy shipyard days. Times mm, have changed. Right. Things are much more progressive. Right. This is a technology. You know, right now, I, I, I can promise you, my um, the guy that I'm running against, you know, we have two different views of how we get things accomplished. Mm -hmm. I've been able to work with folks and get a whole lot more things accomplished. Uh -huh. And he was the incumbent for about eight years. Mm -hmm. You know, but I've been able to work. I got an app that I'm going to stay in contact with my folks with. When I create this app, my constituents will be able to hit that app, give me their input. Yeah. I'll let them know, listen, this is what we're voting on. This is, this is what's going to affect us. I want to know what you guys want from me. There it is. I let them tell me because yeah. I work for them. Yeah. And that aspect, I work for them. And then when they come to the Blue Note, then now they're patronizing me. Right. But when I'm in the streets, <laughs> right. I work for them. Right. You know, right. so that, right. you know, it's, we, we, we've got to, we've got to think forward, you know, other than that, we'll be stuck and Charleston will be gentrified. And those of us who grew up here will no longer be able to afford to live here. Right. Absolutely. And that's a lot to think about. November 5th, you guys got a lot to think about. Make sure you go out, you vote. And I always say this, it's really important. Um, we all have people that we want to vote for. Maybe you watch this video and you're like, you know what, I'm not going to vote for him. All right, cool. 
You're wasting your vote, but cool. Um, but the important thing is to get educated about the process and take part in the process. That's right. And I will also tell you this, if you don't take part in the process, I don't want to hear your complaints. That's right. That is something I'm going to consistently tell you when it comes to everything that talks about the way your life is run. There is so much more about the way your life is run that is guided and directed by elected officials that are locally, like a Michael Brown, like a Mayor Summy, like a Governor McMaster's, School board. It's like a school board. Local <laughs> elections are so much more important than mm -hmm. national elections. Yes. You can't tell me what Donald Trump has done yet that has affected your life. None. No. Impactful. Right. Negative or positive. Uh -huh. You right. don't really know. But I but I will say this. You if you have a kid that goes to Charleston County School, yep. goes to one of Charleston County Schools, Absolutely. that impacts your kid every single day. Absolutely. If you're riding down a road um, that's got a pothole that's that's damaging your tires and you have to replace your tires every two months, that's something impactful. All of these things are impacted by local government. Yep. Your jobs, your safety, yep. policing, your taxes, yep. which your it's local government yep. that controls all of that. So it just is very disheartening that we show up so much for presidential elections mm -hmm. because we deem them as more important. But local elections, we just kind of sit, you know, and like, oh, we're going to wait until 2020. Right. No, no, it no, matters no. more. No, no. Take a friend with you to the polls. That's don't right. just go. That's take right. somebody with you. Take a carload of people. And if you don't live in my district, find out what district you live in. If you live in North Charleston, get educated yep. on the candidates yep. and vote for and somebody. And vote, and vote. And I will tell you this, I know last year during the election, um, at the Democratic station, there was literally a line, a hotline that you could call. If you cannot find a ride to the polls, somebody will come pick you up. I drove people to the polls, just sitting there waiting for calls to come in to get people to the polls. It's that important. That every important. single year, not just every four years. Every single year, it's that important. Get educated, vote, 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 vote. Um, any parting thoughts before we close? No, man, just thank you so much for doing what you're doing. You're giving us all a platform to use our voice and allow our voices to be heard. But most of all, you're allowing the people that are not exposed, like a lot of people may have learned something from local government today mm -hmm. that they have never heard before. Um, and we appreciate all that you are doing in the community. Exactly. You ought to be applauded um, for being diligent and being consistent because a lot of people have great ideas, but they don't always see it through. Mm -hmm. And I know you're serious about it. I'm looking at your equipment right now. You're traveling with it. And you're doing this out of the kindness of your heart because you have a passion for educating people. Yeah on the issues man so we really appreciate you using your voice remain independent stay independent <laughs> and you keep your voice believe and we keep our platform absolutely thank you praise so much, god thank you so much michael brown everybody district one go out and vote november 5th find out what your local polling station is go there go there go there and you know who i am this is the real talk rajan i do apologize for the technical issues on the live video but i promise you tonight there will be a clean video that we posted tonight not only to Facebook, but also to my website, to my YouTube channel, and every place else. Michael Brown, thank you so much for a great interview. Absolutely, my I, I, I can't say enough how proud I am to know thank you, you and to say that I'm a friend. Absolutely. Thank brother. you so much. And if there's anything I can do, it's done. Thank you. Same here, likewise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. And this is a real talk with Rijan. Y'all know we do this every week, um, Tuesday sometimes, like tonight, and uh, Wednesdays as well. Um, tomorrow night, I'm actually interviewing uh, South Carolina Hip Hop 30 uh, founder. Nathan Levine Nelson. Nathan Nelson Levine, that's the name. Nathan Nelson Levine. He is going to be coming on talking about the independent music scene, 
Um, how do you get your music out there? Powerful. And the hardships that he finds, you know, as a small business owner who operates in the social media form. If you are an independent artist, you make music, you're like, a, you know, Mike Brown, who, who, you know, came up through the music scene. It's a completely different scene now than it yeah. was when you, when you, you were, you were um, coming up in music. So you want to find out those extra tips. You don't want to be walking around with a demo CD in your pocket. Exactly. <laughs> like nobody can listen uh, to your CD. CD, this, okay. This, this computer that I have does not have a CD ROM. <laughs> so do All I. Right, so don't, don't. Like, and, and even USBs. Like, even USBs are becoming a thing that you can't use. You exactly. Have, like, you have to find new ways to do it. So tomorrow night, Nathan Nelson Levine is going to be talking about how to do that. Next week, I got um, Somerville um, mayoral candidate Shady John. Shady, uh, Shady Moore. Shady Moore is going to be coming on to talk to me as well as um, somebody else. Oh, no, I don't have a show Wednesday night because my daughter has a concert and family is first. All right, so yeah, so next week, Tuesday, uh, Shady Moore, Fleming Moore, uh, who's the candidate for the mayor of the city of Somerville. And y'all know what it is. Oh, this weekend, Sunday night, I have a special co-host. I've never had a co-host for Real Talk with Rajan that did not live with me. Uh, Jaden James, shout out to Nisi J. She reached out to me. She said, "You know, Uncle Ray, I want, I want to, I want to get into this um, podcasting thing, social media awesome. thing." So she's coming on. She's co-hosting with me on Sunday night. So send me your topics. We, me and her, kicking some stuff back and forth. It's gonna be a good show, man. She's a, she's an aspiring um, sports journalist, and she's an amazing young woman. I'm excited about her future. So Sunday night's gonna go down. And always remember, always, 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 always remember that God is everything. Without Him, I am nothing. So never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he is bound to fall for anything. Now that's real talk. I will see y'all soon. Peace.